guys, gals, non-binary pals. It's uh, Mike J. Darks and Berard. Uh, and we are doing uh, an audio test for uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Uh, and let's see if I can figure out the words that I need to say in order to start an episode. Uh, they are the previous words and me stuttering a little bit and uh, feeling slightly self-conscious, even though I've done this for literally 10 years. Uh, with me tonight are Adam, Wait, are Jonathan, you Matt, and Zach. What's that? <laughs> Seriously, 10 years? Oh my goodness. Dead <laughs> uh, can't be 10 I years. Think don't, so. don't, don't tell me Not that. Not for me, it hasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves in Discord order. Uh, we are playing a new system, Pathfinder 2E. I'll be doing the game mastering for this. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with it, Paizo Publishing, Pathfinder 2E, go find. It's very popular nowadays. All the kids are doing it. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Adam, he, him. Uh, today I will be playing like firebird the the phoenix sorcerer oh shoot i'm next who are we normally i feel like there's more people here normally anyway hi i'm jonathan he had pronouns um today i'm going to be playing uh halfling druid i think i decided it was named glenn um yeah something like that i don't know it's early times we'll figure this out oh me already wow i'm not used to that hi matt i uh have he they pronouns uh i am playing jonas the jokester a summoner with my uh dragon idol on we'll find out more about them later yeah, so that leaves me i am always at the very end hello i am zach he him pronouns i'm playing thorka iron fist uh who in my head is just cora but a dwarf um and no. i can tell you it's been seven years, Mike, because my kid, who longtime fans oh. will recognize was born during oh. an episode, is six and a half years old. Was born during an episode? Well, he was born immediately. He was, I had like, to, I, do, do you yeah, not he remember? Yeah, you had to leave. My like, wife went into labor. <laughs> we were like, go! <laughs> so there's a very specific date stamp that I have. <laughs> And that was like a month or two into that Star Wars campaign, which was I my start of the podcast. So. Yeah, you were start of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's if you go to that D and D podcast, the website, um, there is a timestamp for our fourth edition Rocketeers. Uh, it's not ten years yet, but it is twenty fifteen. So that was good. We're coming up on eight years. Oh, that was the finale. Was in twenty fifteen. Hmm. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we bounce around. I remember the before like time, sixteen or something like that. Uh, Twenty fourteen. There you go. Jeez, we are coming up on ten years. That is I mean, very squarely the, the the before times. Yeah, yeah, it is before all kinds uh, of things. Very, very exciting. Um, yeah. So uh, I mentioned we're playing uh, Pathfinder Second Edition. Uh, Pathfinder is. Uh, I don't need to give you like the whole begats of this, but Pathfinder spawned from D and D three point five edition, and there was that was first edition Pathfinder, and second edition Pathfinder it took a lot of the things that worked from Pathfinder one, and a lot of things from other editions of role playing games that came out. And they were like, "Hey, check this out!" And everyone was like, "Forty, <coughs> sorry." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, Pathfinder came about because of the hubris of Hasbro. Yeah, what? <laughs> Hasbro hubris? What? <laughs> Perish the thought. It's like a Greek myth. <laughs> and and that also brings us to why partially why we're here today. Um Yeah, they were just, you know, the, there was a thing that happened with a a game that you probably don't even know, won't even recognize anymore, called Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> By the time this airs, I'm sure that will have been lost to the annals of history. 
Uh, but yeah, Hasbro decided to do what we call in bird culture a dick move, and uh, <laughs> so Pathfinder is uh is big again, and uh, yeah, it's fun, it's cool. Uh, I like these sorts of games, and uh, shit, a lot of stuff went into running, wanting to run this, We're trying to run the, I would love to try to run the Strength of Thousands, um adventure campaign which starts with the first uh episode here is kindled magic um it takes place uh at the um uh the magambe agambaya god damn it i pronounce this like 16 times off air and now i'm gonna mess it up each syllable each vowel is pronounced by itself so it's magambaya magambaya the uh a school for magical people it's a magic school. Uh, everybody here is a magic caster of some kind. If you come in and you're not already imbued with magic, uh, the characters get the druid or wizard multi-class mix in at second level. Um, and uh, everybody who's here is, it's this. Uh, it's a pretty chill place. There's like, you know, uh, it's, it was created by uh, this uh, old mage, Dot Jatembe. Uh, who has 10 wizard people that are basically uh, super beings. And it's uh, it's all very cool. Yeah. Um, I don't have the ability to just talk about it because I don't know it in super in-depth yet. Um, and I'm rambling. But the point is, is that wizard school, the theme is kind of like... Uh, uh, the, the continent is not Pathfinder Africa because that's very reductive. Um, but it has a lot of African influences, I guess. Is that a fair statement? I would yeah, say there's, like, yeah, there's definitely like, yeah, some, a, a lot of that there. If, if you sort of consider the, the inner seas area to be sort of European and, and Mediterranean, then this is more of the, the like North African Middle Eastern area, as I understand it. Yeah. Um, a bunch of the, I had to look. I want. To, I want to look at pronunciation guides uh, for a lot of these words because I am unfamiliar with them, and they come from. Uh, you're seeing they're they're Bantu based words based upon the designer. Uh, so well, I'm was... gonna do my best. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, that would be South African then, right? So I am a total neophyte, except for what I've read on the internet for like 20 minutes. But uh, it sounds like that uh, that language was um, most of Africa. And there's a whole bunch of different dialects. And Okay. Uh, okay. Because like, and then, I'll, be, I'll be real with me. The, the only the only way I have any knowledge of the Bantu language and, and or people is from the Warren Zevon song, Roland the Headless Thompson Gunner. Which I'm sure is incredibly historically accurate and very culturally sound. <laughs> I'm I'm not familiar with Warren Zevon, unfortunately. Uh, Bontu language. We're adding yeah. it to the list, Swahili. Mike. <laughs> All right. There you go. Okay. Uh, Bantu real word Bantu language is most Maguani. Swahili definitely sound like Swahili. Okay. Yeah, okay, so I pulled up the pronunciation guide, yeah. So each each vowel is one of its own syllables and should be pronounced on its own. The stress falls on the second syllable from the end, so maga ambaya. Maga ambaya. Ambaya. Cool, I'll get it right eventually. This is why it's a sound test, folks. Or, uh, I don't know, we'll see. 
practice makes um, perfect. You're learning a language from scratch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't have it on Duolingo or anything. Uh, okay, so um, everybody who comes to the Maga Ambaya uh, is um, is a uh, perquisite, I think is the word. Um, it's not prerequisite, it's perquisite. Shit, is it? Oh, God damn it. Depends on if you're English or not. Yeah, exactly. How British are you trying to make this pronunciation? Well, it is. It uh, there's a yeah. How historically accurate do I want to be? Um, the I believe that I've always pronounced it prerequisite because it's the yeah. requisite that you have to have before you can do the thing. Prerequisite. Okay, but why is it P E R? Well, I mean, also Zach, you're you're American. It really is a question of if you're British English or not. It's like aluminium. Yeah. Perquisite. Is it perquisite? Perquisite? Are uh, they? The, are we sure they're the same thing? It, yeah. No, a perquisite is a right or privilege. A prerequisite is a requirement. A perquisite is a thing regarded as a special right or privilege enjoyed as a result of one's position. Yes. So it's a perquisite. 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 Yeah. So everybody who comes to the Maga Ambaya has to do a perquisite which is um, a period of public service, usually lasting a year, that entitles new initiates to attend classes. So before you can come to magic school, you have to go do public service. This is in lieu of our student loans. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You get uh, school housing and stipends after doing a year of uh, public service. yeah, so everybody's assumed to have finished that. Uh, everyone is uh, has some sort of... I'm going to fuck up the word again. It's the word for... Uh... <sighs> Come on, document. All right, there you go. Um, sponsorship. All right, somebody's sending you here. Um, either somebody you know, or uh, a village, or maybe you're unsponsored. So... If you're unsponsored, that's fine, but you might be sponsored by your family, a teacher, or a stranger, or your village. Um, but you got here somehow, right? Uh, so you did your perquisite. Uh, you got some reason for coming here. Uh, and orientation takes place as kind of like a group interview. So um, when you reach the Maga Ayambaya, uh, Maga Ayambaya, Fuck it. I'll do. I'll pronounce it a dozen times. Uh, you're met by Takulu Ort, Ot, a uh, human man with colorful clothing, warm eyes, uh, and and I will get better at this the second time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teacher speaks with a gentle, soothing timbre. Welcome and a and a kind hello, new students. It is my pleasure to instruct you. You may call me Teacher Ot. You are embarking now on a life of study and service. We see within you intellect, passion, and judgment. In short, the virtues to build upon the strengths of the thousands who have the strength of the thousands who have come before you. We follow the footsteps of old mage Jatembe, who showed us that the price of magic is the responsibility to better the world. Um, and part of this welcome process, you know, it's you get welcomed, but there's also uh, a customary interview that occurs. Uh, as you come in so they want to wants to know a little bit about you and to ask you some um just a little bit a little bit about yourselves and to get some of your thoughts on on uh, how things work and how things should work uh so there is an assessment process uh, it doesn't actually let me 
at some point I'd love to know what these rooms look like. So I would love like to describe it to you. Uh, let me see, let's scroll through here. See what pictures of what these are going to look like. Nope, no pictures of rooms. All right, we're going to go with like this. I'm going to say that this place looks like um, you've got a tiled floor uh, and wood walls. And um, uh, this is all going to be mostly naturally focused. So these tiles are probably like clay fired tiles, uh, the sort of things you'd find uh, all over this region uh, with wood walls, relatively tall ceilings. Um, and I want to say that probably there's like engravings and stuff in the wood from either the people who made it or the people who came and spent time here just to kind of like beautify the place as they went. And uh, probably like magical light sources as opposed to like burning fire or wall scones that don't actually kick off heat. Yeah. So you've been gathered in this like, let's see, the place is supposed to be welcoming. Uh, there's going to be... You know, this maybe this is outside. I think maybe outside sounds a little bit better. Like it's a nice day. It's warm, but uh, there's the occasional cloud in the sky. The wind is blowing, um, and you each are given what kind of stools do they have at this place? I feel like stools, maybe instead of chairs. I don't know. I really can't tell from these pictures. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, this is like a uh, primal and arcane like school, right? So they're probably like yes petrified wood or something like that right some yeah, like magically shaped woods yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah like stools grown from a single uh <laughs> a single branch all right like modest that had been that has been shaped into uh, a stool yeah and so uh teacher ott asks goes around the class uh and he's going to ask uh each of you kind of a, a question about yourself as as he's performing these aptitude tests. Uh, and it's not like, you know, he says, he explains it as like, and these are not, you know, we don't, you are new students. Not everyone is going to have all of the answers immediately. I am more interested in how you go about finding an answer for yourself. This is not a world in which uh, every answer comes directly from a book. Maybe they do. Maybe that is how you found your answers. But the answers also exist in the world around us. They exist in uh, the world within us. I want to know how you come to your answers. Uh, and he points that uh, we're going to start with Zach. Your character is uh, Thorka, right? Yeah, Thorka Stonefist. I probably have to like uh, push myself up onto the chair because I'm a dwarf, right? I got these little stubby legs. So they're like <laughs> swinging above the ground, you know, kindergartner style. I feel like they would have, like the stool would adjust for you. Okay, okay. Like the, the, the branch like subtly sweeps closer to the ground so I'm not yeah, like, dangling. <laughs> yeah, the, the legs double up on themselves as they lower themselves down. Right. Okay. Like to, it, that, that would only be polite, right? That makes sense, yes, yes. So, uh, who are you? All right. Uh, well, I'm uh, Thorka Stonefist, and all right, I, I uh, have a. I'm a dwarf, and dressed somewhat plainly. Um, in terms of like character build, I'm a monk at this point, um, which means that I'm really, really uh, 
not ostentatiously dressed. I am, I got no shoes on. I got like loose fitting trousers and probably like some sort of, uh, shirt or a, a, something for homespun looking. Uh, and I'm not super serious looking, but I'm also I'm very interested in what's going on. I am deeply like engaged in this whole process. Um, so yeah, uh, I would introduce myself. Uh, I am Thorka from the, the, the Stonefist tribe. I have, I am very happy to be here, teacher Ott. And I am, we are happy to have you. Uh, I like to produce these. And so I have these riddles, these little, these, Little, little little tests for everyone to perform. And the first one is, can you light this candle without a flint or matches? And he produces um, the small sort of candle that you would find in any adventuring pack. Um, wax with a wick and hands it to you. Um, I'm going to look... I, the immediate look that crosses my face is like confusion and then like bemusement. Um... And I will glance around the room. You said the light sources here are magical. There's no open flame. Yes. Um, okay. I will. So, and everyone else is already here, right? Oh, uh, yeah. The, the five of you are being interviewed together. Four, excuse me. Which of you looks the most flammable? I mean, jo- like the most, sorry, the, mo- the most likely to like spontaneously produce flames. Um, so I think Firebird just kind of rolls his eyes while the dwarf sort of glances out of the room, just snaps his finger and conjures the flame onto the candle tip. Just, uh, there you go. That's um, absolutely a way to light a candle. I will, I will make a will save to not drop the candle. Oh, and that so that sorry, go ahead, Zach. No, I, 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 yeah, I'm going to like uh, try. I'm, I'm very bad at it, but I'm going to like try to like play as though that total. I totally knew that was going to happen, and I'm good with it. And then like hand it to the teacher. Uh, The teacher takes it and like, um, like I feel like ow cat why cats uh sorry not part of the script uh <laughs> uh so the, the teacher takes it and um i i i feel like he does something sleight of handy like uh you know rolls in his rolls across his fingers and like it disappears or whatever back into um like his bag of tricks sort of things um hammer space. or like you know what's that hammer space is it yeah yeah just like Drops the whole thing into a sack after, uh, and you know, and it wicks out or uh, doesn't doesn't bother tr- uh, snuffing the candle before stowing it again. Uh, so, Firebird, um, teacher turns to you and says, "What most interests you?" Shit, I didn't think about this part of my character. Um, <laughs> I think he, yeah, that's what he did. So, takes a minute and tries to come up with like the most the best answer you could think would impress the teacher nice. he's, he's like oh I'm here to uh, better myself as a mage so that I can help out my 
sick mother at home or something like that. Do you have a sick mother at home? No. <laughs> okay. Not at all. Okay. Mm. Just I don't even know he... Wait, what's that? So, yeah, I don't know if he even knows his family. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, well that's uh, yeah, helping others. Very important. Very. Uh, it is one of the, the necessities for those of us um, that come to this school. You know, one of the, part of the reason we come and we learn is that uh, is the responsibility that we bear to our society, to the betterment of society. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes it requires a gentle touch to sometimes, it, you know, some, to get what you need without harm. Right. So here, here's a, here's a, here's a test for you. So, uh, and he, uh, he goes, he makes a, a trilling sound like, um, that I am unable to produce with my mouth, uh, like a sort of thing. And uh, he calls forth a blue quail, uh, and it's kind of like skittishly running around, like not it's it's coming to the sound of the call, but not like coming over. It's not a team creature. It's curious, um, and it's responding, but it's not like it's not like calling a dog over. And Teach Oda says, "Can you get a feather from this bird without plucking one?" In the background of the shot, Thork is standing there and like gesturing with a fist, um, <laughs> as though, "Do you want me to punch the bird for you?" <laughs> um, I think I don't know how how. Uh... So, anyways, what what Firebird's going to do is he's going to use his ability to repress digitation to basically create a magical a, a re- reproduction of the feather mm. without actually you know taking it from the bird. But using, uh, I'm trying to think of what other skills I have. What skills do I have? Where are my skills? Uh. Yes. Okay. So I want to make it look like I'm taking it out of the teacher's pocket. Like, why would I need to take one from the bird when you already have one right here? <laughs> okay. Um, are you going to roll for that? I can roll for. Is there, there we is, are. is there any sort of sleight of hand that they need to do for that? Yeah. I don't know if that, don't know if that falls under thievery or I mean, deception. Let's... Well, so you're. Uh, what, how does prestidigitation work? I am not super familiar with that spell. You just produce uh, it, pretty much. It just happens. Yeah, that's. It's basically just a. Yeah, prestidigitation is your your general catch-all cantrip for. I want to do small magical things that aren't like major effects usually the object looks crude and artificial and is extremely fragile i like the idea of like making a bad feather (laughs) it's literally like a a wooden party feather essentially (laughs) yeah a balsa party feather Mm -hmm. or it looks like it came off of like a, a halloween costume right like like a yeah like it's wicker or roaming nature to see how well it looks Okay, hold on. Nature. How do I roll? This is roll. Or survival, if you prefer. Uh, nature's fine. So 13. 13. That's pretty... Uh, yeah, so you, you produce a you know a fair replica, if, if uh, crude artificial, um, with your prestidigitation spell. It's like, eh, that's 
it's all about sleight of hand too, not letting him look at it for too long, and then you <laughs> throw it up and burst into 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 fire. Okay. Uh, and the teacher teacher's amused. He laughs at this uh, at this trick. He's like, oh, like you said, you know, the truth sometimes comes from within us. Yes. Um, and he then turns Jerry's to kind of sighs and rolls their eyes in the background. Thorka, on the other hand, is clapping like a yokel that just got shown some fireworks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and so he, uh, he turns to um, Jonas. Jonas is like sprawled out, almost like lying back on the stump that they're sitting on. Really? When are we going to start doing the real magic? The real magic was within us all along, of course. Um, what do you uh, what do you consider your greatest strength? Well, if I had to talk about my greatest strength, it's probably my lovemaking skills. But I don't know if there's anything magical about that. I mean, I'm sure that we could do, conduct a uh, you know a thorough interview with previous partners and and ask them if it was indeed a magical experience but we'll just take your word for it wonderful um you uh you do seem to have a way uh with with words uh but can you get a secret from this snake Uh, and he reaches into his bag and he produces a uh garundi shovel snout snake with a distinctive scale pattern Uh, and he holds it in his hand as it uh, slithers around. It slithers up his arm into the palm of his hand for you to inspect it. Mm. Uh, Jonas sits up, and they have the. They're wearing this this mask. It's a, it's like a, a it's a dramaturge type mask. So faces impassive. You can see their eyes behind it, but otherwise, and it, they they looked bored up until uh, the teacher brought the snake out, and they're they're a little intrigued by that at that point um and i think hmm, is that what that i think would i be able to test uh occultism to see if there's some uh hidden lore of snake that uh jonas might be aware of of course very good that's an 11 so um, there is definitely something unusual about this snake uh, in that um, you can tell that it is somehow um, it has a connection that is not um, immediately uh, knowable. Uh, it is it is connected to another thing um, somewhere, perhaps perhaps in the shadow realm or the spirit world. Um, it is not a uh, it it has some sort of twin somewhere that there is a thing to it, but you can't figure out exactly what. Mm. And so Jonas looks at it, and if you're looking closely, you, like Jonas's eyes behind the mask, they flicker for a moment. They have they take on their own reptilian sheen ever so briefly. There's definitely more to this snake than meets the eye. I wouldn't mind meeting their twin is there um is there anything else you'd like to do with the snake um i mean don't want to touch an unfamiliar snake that just seems hazardous um looking at it is 
This wouldn't be a familiar, would it? Certainly unfamiliar to me. Um, it's, it does not appear to be like a like a magical a magical vessel of that nature. Um, mm -hmm. although I'm not sure how you'd immediately be able to tell that from a glance. But I make a perception check, maybe. Um, would I be able to substitute it in Arcana potentially? Sure. Since I'm trying to see if there's anything magical about it. Oh, that is a one for a four. Ooh. <laughs> That's fine. Um, auspicious start. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it is not. It's definitely not. You can't sense anything magical about this snake. Yeah. They, um. Kind of look at it. They look at it. They they kind of scratch the chin. Give it a, a gentle gentle prod on the coil. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um. Yeah. Give me a. Give me. Let's see what. You don't have... You have performance, but not... Where's perception? Uh, it uh, is not from... in the skills part. It is... Uh... Oh, over on the left by initiative? Yeah, yeah. because that's yeah. what you usually roll for initiative. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So you want me to roll perception on it? I was just curious. Uh, yeah. It's it's not any different. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah. Is there, um, is there anyone else who wants to take a crack at this snake? That D&D podcast is released under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Feel free to share with friends, but don't cut anything out and don't sell our work. Please visit us at thatdndpodcast.com or on Twitch or YouTube at That D&D Podcast. Intro music is Umoja by Alexander Nakarada, which is available from freestockmusic.com. Nakarada's music can also be found on serpentsoundstudios.com. Outro music is Horizons by Etch, which can be found on SoundCloud or at ATCH Music on Instagram. The Kindled Magic Book was written by Eleanor Farron and Alexandria Bustian and is a part of the Strength of Thousands Pathfinder Path. The Pathfinder role-playing game is owned and published by Paizo Publishing. All other copyrighted content is owned by its associate copyright holder.